Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 25th episode of the podcast on March 8th, 2013. It's heating up almost March Madness time. We have, you know, on Sunday, you know, the regular season ends for college basketball. Then we get into championship week. We'll talk more about that later. How have you been, Joel? I've been good. Um, I haven't really got to go to as many basketball games lately because I've been busy. But that's okay because we've been just losing every single game. Oh, man. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, I know Michigan's got a big game this upcoming Sunday, the last game of the season against Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'll get to talking about what that means and you know, going into the uh, conference tournaments and all that. But that's, that's a big game for sure. And oh, yeah. the Blackhawks are still streaking. Yeah, they are. That's, that's nuts. They've you know, got the, the record to start the season. They're only you know, maybe four games or so shy of the you know, game streak you know, dating back to last season. That's with mm-hmm. you know, the old Flyers from the 70s, I think. Yeah, but they're they're not a roll. Like, granted, some close games, and you do you know get the whole point for going into overtime, even if you lose. But they've won like eleven or twelve in a row, just you know, period one. Yeah. Oh, and what about the news about Rivera? Yeah, well, that's you know not surprising. Um, yeah. You know, Mariano Mariano Rivera, you know, going to retire at the end of the year. He wanted mm-hmm. to last year, but then he got injured, and he just didn't want to go on. On that note, yeah, of course. So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, not not the biggest surprise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be exciting, you know, coming up at the end of this month when you know baseball is opening exactly. day again. Ooh, can't wait. Well, it's, first, it's kind of like you're you're getting everything started again. You'll yeah. you'll eventually you'll have uh, spring practices for all the college football teams. Yeah, too. and then in July we'll have like this lull moment of like nothing's happening with the All Star break and yeah. that day of the year where no sports happens. But the, you know, we also got the draft to look forward to. That's true. That's true. I mean, a lot, lots to look forward to. Yeah. So let's get into the red zone. We cover you know, the three biggest sports stories from the past couple weeks. And the first one at the 20-yard line, college basketball has had kind of a bit of, of a dilemma recently. A lot of upsets, uh, upsets this year. Excuse me. Um, just, you know, top teams going down. Yeah. And that means that fans rush the court. Especially on the road. Oh, especially on the road. That, that's where you would see it more, but... Um... It's been causing some issues, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, if you've ever been to, I guess you say especially a basketball game, because they try and, you know, cut down on it in football nowadays. They, you know, they have retractable goalposts. They, um, you know, they tase and pepper spray people. They come onto the field, that kind of stuff. But in basketball, it's it still happens, and it's, it's acceptable to the point where it still happens. I think that's the right. thing you see. Well, and also a football field is just a much bigger. Oh yeah, space. you have to jump down to get there. But you know, well, you I'm sometimes also talking about the field. You know, I mean, the yeah. field's just a lot of space, so you can almost get more people there. And yeah, but I mean, basketball. Yeah, every single level, it's it's happening every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, the concern that, you know, Mike Krzyzewski brings up when his team lost to Virginia, of all teams, is that it's it's a you know dangerous situation mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, the team is trying to leave the court. And, you know, just with all these people, it's, you know, very difficult to do so. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Davison you know, College or whatever, university, had, like, some sort of upset the next couple days or whatever. I don't know if you saw the clip. They made a statement by, like, you know, waiting until the team shook hands, left the court, and then, like, the fans did, like, a delayed sort of rushing the court. I was kind <laughs> of interesting just see them, to see. like, holding everyone back and be like, yeah. okay, okay, come on. Well, you know, it also makes me think of, you know, you brought up the football uh, reference. Yeah. Remember the, uh, the BYU-Utah game oh, this no, past see? year? <laughs> um, a little YouTube recommendation that reminds me, uh, I think it's uh, Shut Down Fullback. Look them up on YouTube, and they do a great um, video. Um, I know it's up on our forums and in the down left sidelines area somewhere um, related to that upset. But it, that it's just really funny because you've got them telling the fans, you know, multiple times not to come onto the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, it's dangerous, especially. I mean. That you know, it's also the same kind of thing. Just like with anybody going on the field with a football game, uh, it's yeah. dangerous. <laughs> Trombone yeah. players and all. Well, I mean, you you hate to think about it, but you know, I, I guess we can just you know make the play now and kind of get into a, a longer discussion about it. make the play is you know will there be any rule change made about this next season? Because you know. Yeah. They're kind of making a stink about this now, but do you think it's actually going to yield anything? I think if if anywhere you like if if you saw it anywhere, it'd probably start in the ACC, just because I feel like, uh, um, you know, if if Coach K wants to make a big deal about it, mm-hmm. then that's where he has the most power. Sure, obviously he's been there long enough, and you know people listen when he talks. Um, so I I think that there's a lot of work that has to go into something like that you can't just say oh we need this rule now I I think that they have to put a lot of consideration into it and stuff and I don't know, like I, you you'd probably have to eventually work into those rules that you you penalize the team or something but I really don't know how you you can well I think they already get fined if the school the, the gets school fined does. yeah the school gets fined. Uh, for having that happen, and like maybe the only change might be like they increase the fine, like whoop de doo. Yeah, I mean the school takes I mean, care of that anyway. Yeah, they make enough money off of the. I mean, a lot of the major colleges make enough money off the game, anyways. That it's they don't. Yeah, care. And, it's, and it's even better publicity when it's a big upset and you yeah. know, justifiably reason to rush the court, but. Yeah, I, unjustifiable reasons. Right, right. That's Those true. are hilarious. When you see a team rushing the court, you're like, "You were in the Why? top five last year. Like, what? <laughs> Why do you even care?" Well, here's the thing. Like, and I, I hate to bring it up, but I think like the only way this ever happens is that a tragedy happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those kind of things yield. Those kind of changes. See, make I, those I knew that when, I, when reading this story, I knew that you know he was upset with the whole thing, but I had no idea about the the death threats oh, on Twitter. Yeah. That's just like, man, people got problems. Yeah, that's just true. But it's the internet culture and some of that is just you know dark side and it sucks. It's weird. Um, no, but that that is a problem and. 
you know, why you have, uh, you know, security at these games for, you know, during the game to stop people from rushing or, you know, just going out of the field at random times, like for that same reason. Yeah. In all the chaos, you would think that from, you know, from a criminal standpoint, if anything were going to be happening, it would be in all that chaos, all that noise, and God forbid, like, to do something there. And yeah. I, I totally understand inside with, you know, Mike Krzyzewski's perspective here. I think something should be done, and you don't want anything to happen, you know, in that kind of situation. Um, but unfortunately, with these schools, and I, I think you're right, you know, how they like the popularity and the, you know, attention that it gets, you know, for a big event and upset where they rush the court like that. I don't, you know, for the money that that can generate, I don't think they would sacrifice that until something awful happens. Yeah, I, like that. That's why I don't think you'll see anything immediate. Um, it, it's probably something that would take a couple of years to, to you know, officially make it part of the rules. Mm-hmm. I think, and then again, all, all it would be is probably a greater fine. I, yeah. I really don't know what else you can do. Uh, I mean, you can't really penalize the team mm-hmm. for it. It's, it's, I mean, it's a little bit different. Like, you know, during football, like during a football game, if somebody throws something on the field, they say that there's like some kind of rule where it's, I don't know, it's somehow penalized. Mm-hmm. I don't even know because I haven't seen it happen enough to know how they penalize that during the game yeah so but that's during the game that's not rushing and usually you don't see people rushing the court at like halftime no (laughs) no you don't um but uh you know i i i hope nobody gets hurt of course not. no nobody (laughs) wants that um i don't know it's it's just it's kind of interesting but yeah again especially i think it's one of those like in the moment kind of things where people get really excited about things and they just are not very considerate mm-hmm. at all. No. I mean, they, they could care less about it. All they care about is that they won. And a lot of them are probably inebri- inebriated anyway. So. Right, right. No, I mean, uh, I haven't been to a game where a rushing of the court or the football field, whatever, takes place. And yeah. much less, you know, had a seat that would be in that vicinity. So yeah. I can't say, like, I know what that's like, but... I don't really see the appeal. I, I actually got to do it when we we beat UCLA when they were number two when they came here. Oh, interesting. And um, it's like, you know, how often do we ever get to play UCLA? And, you know, they're a very storied program and everything. And I got to go down there and, like, the the, the staff people, like, they didn't care. They were just let everyone on there. But yeah. it was very nice. Nobody, like, pushed anybody down or anything. Yeah. It was just people high-fiving each other down on the court and, like, high-fiving the players and stuff. It wasn't, like... Sometimes when there's a lot of people involved, I mean, it looks bad. Like, I wouldn't want to be down there. Um, No, no, I think... Getting back to the point, I think you're right. That, like, the fine increase is maybe the only thing that can happen mm -hmm. reasonably next year. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And it's definitely different from the perspective of the coaches and the players i'm sure mm-hmm. the trainers and all of them well let's get to the 10 yard line story and this is from the nhl mm-hmm. um interesting interesting story of how they're trying to 
realign the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, you know, this is this is still in the proposed stages. Uh, it's, yeah. This version has you know made it you know further along because they did propose a, a four conference realignment um, in December 2011. The NHLPA, the Players Association, rejected it. This one is looking to be a bit better. And oh yeah, I personally have some intrigue in this. Uh, but basically, you have you know the conferences in the east and west broken down into two divisions. Uh, and I guess they would maybe still call them conferences. Um, basically, you would have the East, the Central, the Midwest, and the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midwest and Pacific being on the West, and then the East and Central being on the East. Yep. Um, and let's start in the West, because these are generally the most you know, unchanged. You have seven teams per division. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the Midwest, you have Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. Um, You know, pretty interesting to note there. I mean, Winnipeg, uh, I think, is still in the East as of right now. Yeah. Because they made the transition from Atlanta. So I think it was only a matter of time that they would get Winnipeg back on the West because, you know, it's... Western side of Canada makes sense. Um, also, to note that Colorado is, has usually been in the Pacific Division, so this yeah. would put them more with some of these Midwestern teams. Um, Dallas is in also in a similar situation. They've been more in the uh, you know Pacific-ish kinds of kind of divisions, and that's always meant that they in the Central Time Zone would be traveling two time zones if they had to play like you know San Jose or Los Angeles yeah. to go to the Pacific time zone. And that wears out a team. Oh yeah, like I think um I, I don't know, I mean like you know, you got to think that Winnipeg, Dallas and and Colorado all like that move. Mm-hmm. Because you know, so Dallas and Colorado aren't playing Pacific teams anymore pretty much. Yeah. They're playing teams that are closer to them you know their time zone it, it makes more sense yeah the, unlike unlike you know like college football or something. right i mean the organizations <laughs> of the time zones it, it really does make sense so yeah mm-hmm. chicago colorado dallas minnesota nashville st louis winnipeg so you're taking a couple teams from the current central division a couple teams from the pacific um yeah it's kind of just organizing it by the time zone, which you know really works. And then you do have the Pacific uh, Division Conference, what have you. Also in the West, mm-hmm. uh, you have Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Phoenix, San Jose, Vancouver. It yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, you still got the Edmonton-Calgary rivalry mm-hmm. going on. You know, San Jose um, and Los Angeles, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anaheim, Phoenix, yeah. It, Really makes sense. Really smart. Yeah. Interesting that you know it's seven teams per uh, division there in that conference, whereas the East has eight per, mm-hmm. and that's because two teams from the West currently have moved to the East. Yeah. That'd be the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings. You're Detroit. Hi, Detroit Red Wings, the team that I am partial to, living in the Metro Detroit area. So, um, for first question, 
like I gotta think of though is at least from what I watched, only like didn't they they kind of had a rivalry with Chicago? Yep, Chicago is is the okay. big rivalry. Will you miss that rivalry? I won't. Okay. Um, because I grew up in the heyday of okay. the right. Detroit Colorado rivalry, which mm-hmm. is all but dead now. Yeah. Um, the NHL has a weird thing with rivalries. There are very few. Mm-hmm. And uh, on NBC Sports, currently they have Rivalry Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, they've been pairing some strange teams together. And it's they call them rivalries, but they're really not. It's just to try to amp up the game on television. So it was, I don't know if it was this week, maybe the previous week. They were like, you know, Chicago is red hot. But they're about to get cooled off by an avalanche. Rivalry Wednesday. Blackhawks. Avalanche. Like, oh, you know what? that. Uh, you know that that Florida <laughs> Toronto red hot match. <laughs> it's funny. I was you know, then listening to sports radio, and he was you know poking fun at all that. He was just going Rivalry Wednesday. <laughs> Panthers. Senators. <laughs> I'm just like imagining the actual like mascots. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's strange. So I mean, yeah, Detroit Chicago is the biggest one for the Red Wings, right? And actually, I would argue that it, the Red Wings and the Penguins would yeah. be a bigger. Oh yeah, mainly like, definitely because of that. Like they've had some great playoff games. Yeah, it's right now. Rivalries in the NHL are all about. The playoff matchups, mm-hmm. and you know there were some in Chicago. So the question is, will I miss it? No, um, because holy crap, Detroit has needed a move to the East for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. I am so would be so happy if this, you know, were passed through. So Detroit would be placed in the Central uh, proposed uh, division, and this would be Boston, Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, Montreal. Ottawa, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Now, granted, Toronto, Boston, great to have you know the original six teams in that division. Probably Toronto would be the strongest one in that division. Not so much for some of the other teams. Yeah. But it's the principle of it all. Because to be a Detroit Red Wings fan for the past while, you have to realize that at certain times they have to make that western road trip where you're going from the Eastern time zone to the Pacific time zone, and you're playing teams like you know, Phoenix, your you're San Jose, Vancouver, uh, Los Angeles. So you're playing some of these teams on the road, and when you're a hockey fan here, that means you're watching games that are starting at 10.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. Eastern time. Like, nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. A growing you know, league and a young fan base that are, you know, just, just getting into hockey, they don't want that. So yeah. that means I mean, these yeah, games... You, you want to go east. Oh, yeah. Games. Like, it'd be, be perfect. So that's, like, the the main reason. Uh, I mean, like, just that. just from, like, a football perspective, it's gotten so bad with the Big 12. Oh, like, yeah. for us. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, like, some of them are two hours. So That's why I, I definitely wouldn't like that. Um but it's it'd be nice to face some of these teams more frequently, mm-hmm. like in the East, Carolina, Columbus. Yeah, this is gonna be a big shock for them to play in Carolina, Columbus, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, 
Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington. And That's a nice it, division. Geography just makes so much sense oh gosh, for yes. like like it seems stupid that they weren't there to begin with. <laughs> like they fit in perfectly. So hopefully, you know, this is confirmed. I, I, again, it, it is strange to have eight teams in each division on the east and then only seven on the west. But if that's how it's got to shake down... Hey, that just so means more it, hockey for us to watch. <laughs> I think it makes more sense for TV, uh, makes more sense for a young fan base trying to get into hockey. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to when a team is just... And the league is just so kind of low in rivalries... Uh, you're still keeping your Boston Montreal, which might be one of you know the strongest ones. Yeah, right now. I mean, you know what? You're gonna see. You're probably gonna see ratings go up a lot in the East if that happens, just because you know there's more teams. First of all, but it, like now, those teams that should have probably been there in the first place are they actually there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Um, gosh, I think anything else to be said about this. Not really. Like, I, I hope it happens. Yeah. So let's it, make, I, make the play. Does it actually happen next season? <laughs> because that's the thing. Like, if the NHL is trying to make it happen, it would for, be for next year. Um, I say yes. I'm going to be optimistic. I think they need to – they haven't been hurt by this lockout at all, strangely. Their mm-hmm. revenue has been very good for this half season, which it's a shame, and I hope they don't have a lockout for a long, long time. But who knows as long as Gary Bettman – yeah, worst commissioner in pro major sports. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm just I'm so sick of these Pacific game, you know, the Pacific games. Like the teams, you know, good matchups and all that. I mm-hmm. just can't stay up and watch it. Well, because um, it, it sounded like you know before when they were they they kind of had trouble trying to propose things because not everybody was on the same page. So you know now that you know they've got hockey back on it's you know it's going back on and and people are kind of agreeing on things a little more i think it'll be easier for them to get this proposal through Mm -hmm. um and it i like i really can't think of who would be opposed to this in the first place because it mean for a lot of teams it means less travel which i think every single team would like that yep because the less miles they have to travel the better everybody will perform on the road. And I, I think that's, that's good for everyone. Um, and putting teams in like the same, like, I, I mean, there's something to be said about like, you know, having your, your fans at home, but then having fans on the road or whatever, because you're across country a lot when you're playing over there. But it's, I, I think for, I think for professional teams that already have fans all over the place, Right. It's not really a big deal. That's not a problem. I I think that catering to your home fans is more important, and that this is doing that. So, I I think it. I think as long as, um, you know, they can, you know, get this working soon. So like, get it proposed and get it out there and say, oh, okay, well, we're gonna do this. Then I don't see any reason why it can't go through next year. Yeah, there's also talk about a uh, new playoff design and that would be interesting to see for like possible wild cards yeah know? wild cards and you know maybe they take you know the three best 
um, you know, records from each mm-hmm. division, and then you know have four of the you know highest point totals for the rest, and then have that shakedown on a wild card. Like yeah, let's, let's, let's let them get this through first. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all part of the plan. Yeah. Um. So let's get to the five yard line here. Championship week is upon us, and you know, let me elaborate a bit on the Big Ten, like I was teasing earlier, because Sunday is you know going to be the start of the. A lot of the big major conference tournaments. Some of the smaller ones have already started. Uh, you do have Gonzaga, who I think they're in the semifinals of their yeah. you know, West Coast uh, conference tournament, and they're the number one team in the country. Yeah, good for the Zags. About first time. <laughs> yeah, seriously, first time, you know, in in uh, you know team history. Really mm-hmm. great. Um, but for Michigan hosting Indiana, it's come down to in the Big Ten that. If Michigan beats Indiana at Michigan on Sunday, uh, probably looking at ideally a four-way tie for the Big Ten mm-hmm. regular season title. Uh, Indiana wins, Indiana gets it flat out. Yeah. Um, if Michigan wins, they get a share. Um, Michigan State would have to beat Northwestern to get a share, and then Ohio State. I think if they win their last game, I'm trying to remember who that's against, they would have a share as well. So, um, go blue. <laughs> I think it's I think it's up to, you know, the tournament committee, you know, the the big tournament committee to try and put those teams, try and separate those teams as much as they can um, when it comes to the tournament, like the big tournament. You'd think, yeah, because um, just because I I can already tell they're going to get a lot of teams in. Um, just because of the, based on the re- like the resumes of the teams in the conference, because um, mm-hmm. when we played in the Big East, that that's what always happened is you you got your resume got better even if you didn't have a good out of conference resume because you beat the teams in the conference who were really good. Yeah. So there will I mean you know double digit I mean almost double digit teams are possible when when you have like three or four teams that could. You know, all be at least one, two, or three seeds mm-hmm. in the tournament. Yeah, Iowa, I think, is on the bubble. Um, Illinois and Minnesota are close, but Indiana, uh, Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin from the Big Ten are, are shoe ins. Oh, yeah. And that's just going to make uh, that Big Ten tournament's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy, crazy good. I know the Big East is usually like the creme de la creme, and, you know, especially with, you know, what would be happening with the Big East and. Mm-hmm. You know, Madison Square Garden in that setting. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, um, especially when you had Georgetown, who was in like the top five, I think, and then they they lost, and Indiana lost, and yep. these these teams that just started, you know, falling out of the. And Miami is the perfect example. Um, I think they they may have lost like three straight. Yeah. Right now, so that's it's nuts. Um, now, the big question here is: we make the play. You know, who gets the four number one seeds on Selection Sunday, which will be March 17th, so a week from this Sunday? I mean, I think to do that, we kind of have to look at the the you know possible teams that can win you know these big tournaments. Yeah. Do we think like there'll be any you know big surprises? Let's look at the ACC first. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like Duke to come out yeah. of that one. I think they got in the player named Kelly. Uh, back and they've really started to pull it together. Now, granted, they have a tough match against North Carolina, uh, you know, to wrap up the regular season. Yeah. Uh, but you know, with Miami taking the slide right now, Duke's you know looking pretty good to 
uh, do well there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it'll either it'll come down between them and Miami. I think the problem is Miami has to get there mm-hmm. to that matchup. I think if Miami can get to that game, they they'll win. Just because I like how they match up against Duke. Mm. Um, I mean, you saw a couple times when they played before. It seems like they, their team is just built to beat Duke. Right. Like, they, one time they just handled them like they were nothing. Um, I just don't know if they can get there. They they have to, you know, kind of. I'd like for them to get there and beat them because I I don't want Duke being considered a like for a one seed. Yeah. Um, just because it's, it seems like that happens every year. Like it's kind of boring. Mm. Um, but um. I think they have to get there first. So um, I guess I'll go with Duke until until Miami can get things together. Hopefully they will. But yeah. Um, oh guys, that's a really tough question. I mean, let's see. Another you know conference that we can look at here would um, be I mean, let's let's go with Big Twelve. I um, think Kansas is that they had that little you know slide in the middle of the season, but they've pulled it back together. I think. I think they have to. Um, it's. I mean, it's really all against about matchups for them. It's kind of the same situation. I think if Oklahoma State can get to the game against Kansas, they can beat them. Um, the problem is getting to that game mm-hmm. because there are other teams in the conference that they don't match up well against. Right. Um, but I, I guess I'll go with Kansas just because I think I think they have the best chance of being there. In the championship game, right? Um, so, I- I'll go with them. I'll will stick with them. I still don't think they're nearly as good as ever. We all thought they were mm-hmm. um, early in the season, but I think they're good enough to right. win the conference tournament. So. The Big East, I don't think you can really pick because um, craziness happens in the Big East. Yeah, I, I mean. Honestly, I just haven't. I haven't watched Georgetown at all. Yeah, I've watched a few of Syracuse's games, and they've just—I dis- mean, they looked awful every sing- every single time I've watched them play. They've lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I really don't. I watched a little bit of Louisville's games too. I, I don't know. I mean, I usually that would, it. You know, if you're ranked in the top five this far into the season in the Big East, you're really good, but it's, I don't know, it's really hard to tell. I think that, I don't think that there's, just like everywhere else, I don't think that there's many, you know, top-tier teams mm-hmm. in there. They're not a very good team, but watch out for Villanova. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, they did upset number five Georgetown recently. Hey, um, I mean... They beat number three Syracuse. They beat number five Louisville. They've won all three of their top five opponents. UConn was a nine season. seed going into that tournament when they won that's the true, national huh? championship. So uh, that's anything <laughs> that's can happen in that, that one. Yeah, what happens in that conference? I don't. Big Ten. I think for Michigan to get a number one seed, I think they have to win the Big Ten tournament. Um. And this game, and and this game against Indiana, and I don't think they can do that. Um, I think they're they aren't yeah. as you know strong on the inside, and 
rebounding the ball, I think they can easily get out rebounding. I think if, if they if they did that, if they won all those games, they. I don't think that I still think that you know if Gonzaga wins their last game, they'll they they'd be the number two overall one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because that's uh that's a lot of ranked teams to beat. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And I mean, I still think Indiana is going to get a number one seed. Yeah, it's just overall I mean, what they've done this year. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, what I'm saying is, I think that you'd push. I think you could get two. Oh, sure, sure. They won yeah. all ones, and and they beat Indiana in that last game. Right. So. So I mean that that'll be very interesting in a, in a season where it's been a struggle at the top. And I think it's you know, anything's possible. Um, the Pac-12 has been nothing, you know, to you know to impress. Oregon is right now tied at the top of that conference with UCLA, but the teams aren't terribly strong. Yeah, I mean, and it seems like Arizona always wins that conference tournament. So. <laughs> it feels like it, yeah. So w- there, there's a pick, but I mean, they they don't factor in into this whole one seed talk. So and then Florida is probably the best in the SEC. I mean, Mizzou yeah. might be there too. I still don't know. Like, I still think if they won all the rest of their games, that they wouldn't be a one seed. No, I don't think so. It's because there's so. too many teams ahead of. Them. Of course, all those teams ahead of them could lose. So I. I kind of I think it is more about what the teams in front of them do. If yeah. you have upsets, if you have upset winners for every single conference tournament, yeah, then maybe. So I wouldn't be surprised to see you know the the number ones be you know Gonzaga, Indiana, Duke, Kansas, like how they are in the yeah the AP right now. But then can Indiana lost? But I, I still think Indiana is going to do well enough down the stretch to get back in that number one seed contention. Okay, let's see. Well, okay. Right now, you've got, what, Kansas and Duke flip-flopped in the coaches' poll and the AP poll. Right. Mm-hmm. So, let's say, let's, say my, if, let's say Miami wins their conference tournament. Mm-hmm. And Georgetown wins their conference tournament. Yeah. Would, would you give it to... Miami or Georgetown for the ones. Mm, I think Georgetown. Yeah. Because it might sound weird. It's just East Coast bias. Um, yeah. People like the Big East. I think they kind of prefer that tournament. And Grant, like Duke is like the only other big competition in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's kind of based on you've got to look at who else is in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's where that'll hurt hurt them. But I think that they'd still get a solid two seed. They'd probably oh, sure. get the top two seed. And that's where I expect Michigan to end up. Yeah. And it's actually very likely that they'll you know be playing their games at the Palace of Auburn Hills, which is like two, three miles away from where we live. So two, I'll tell you two seed's a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. Tournament because it's not as quite as much pressure as a one seed, but you can sneak up on someone if you can get to that game against the one seed. Mm-hmm. You got a really good chance. Oh, for sure. I mean, last time we had a long run. That I mean, we we went in that game against Kentucky and just shot really well and mm-hmm. got past them. So absolutely. So I mean that that about does it. I mean the things that are coming up, events, you know, things to watch for. Obviously, we mentioned you know the seventeenth um, mm-hmm. is Selection yeah. Sunday. 
Uh, before the first game start, I'm sure we'll schedule a podcast. Put our brackets in stone. Yeah. Uh, we'll try to get a, a smidge of competition, do I our, think, going. Do your rituals. <laughs> Whatever you do to help pick a team, you know, draw them out of a hat. Or, or you know, pick the mascots, which would beat the other mascot in a fight. Have, have, a, have a monkey pick them out of a hat or something. <laughs> something like that. Whatever you do. We'll bring it to the table, and that'll be the the gauntlet bracket special. That'll be a good time. I also have to mention that the NCAA football EA Sports cover vote is wrapping up today, unless they do something stupid like, oh, we're extending it, ha, ha, ha. Oh, we're going to put a different one on every single cover. (laughs) Something like that. Um, Right now it's down to Denard Robinson from the University of Michigan and Ryan Swope. Oh, you know that hometown hero. That that, that Ryan Swope. <laughs> I'm asking Joel, like, hey, do, do you know who Ryan Swope is? And he's like, oh, what conference? So the answer is no. Okay. Ryan Swope is a wide receiver from Texas A&M. I know. You, you've totally heard of him, right? Y- yeah. Well, he's, he's Johnny Football's sidekick. If, you know... He was ever talked about like Johnny Football was. Johnny Football was Texas A&M. Denard Robinson was Michigan. And people were like, oh, Swope had better stats. Yeah, Denard played injured second half. I know, I know. A bit of homerism here on my part. I obviously voted for Denard so, to be on the cover. I have a question, though. Sure. Um, he's, this, this guy's wide receiver. Yeah. Why wasn't he in the top three for the top receiver award good question i'm pretty sure all those receivers were out of the big 12 <laughs> i um, mean it, it's a really good question and right now denard's leading by about three thousand. he was losing by a couple thousand earlier today and then he was the day before that he was up by like 10 or eleven thousand. so it, he's it's got, he's got the heisman winner thrown into him it's really hard to say it's not it's not right <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't you want a guy who could play running back, quarterback, and wide receiver? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Denard, yeah, right. And then probably return, and... probably return punts. He played some time at running back too this year. Yeah, right. no, he did. So, um, I don't know. But on on a on a Johnny football note, did you know that he had his? Uh, he got the cop. The oh, what is it? Trademark, the trademark on his yes. name. It's so, football. how that works is, um, you know, athletes can't, student athletes can't accept money mm-hmm. for anything. But um, if you win money in a legal case, then then you can collect that money. I I kind of understand what he's trying to do, but at the same time, it's really stupid because he well, was having issue with like you know shirts that were made like you know keep calm and Johnny football. He's like, <laughs> oh, I I need money from that, like dude. Well, you're a Heisman was, Trophy winner. I think you'll be okay. What I was thinking is like, what if a donor to the school purposely used his name oh, in something so that. So that they get sued, conspiracy, and then collect the money, and there'd be nothing to question about it. Like, well, it's true. It is the SEC. 
like some cheating I, ways go down here. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you know, winning the Heisman as a freshman it is a very threatening thing in a way because I, it, I'm sure it just I'm sure I'm sure they're the donations at their school have gone up a ton in the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hope that doesn't happen. But Back to the point. If Ryan Swope is on the NCAA 14 cover, who the hell cares besides anyone in Texas? I'm sorry. like Some you know, you know, Michigan State, Ohio State fans might not like the concept of Denard Robinson on the cover of that game. But Ryan Swope? Ryan Swope. There have been some duds on NCAA covers in the past. I mean, Jared Zabransky, quarterback of Boise State. And Brian Johnson, quarterback Utah. Um, there have been, you know, some others that have not been, you know, standouts. But yeah, who the hell is Ryan Swope? I just, I don't even know. <laughs> So I'll keep my fingers crossed at the end of today. Um, what does that mean? He's gonna have like the best stats in the game? No, no. It's just. Uh-huh. And again, <laughs> like it's a cover for the foot for a football uh, football video game. Like shouldn't be making that big of a deal of it. I know. Post route to Ryan Swope every time. Get some. But if Denard's on the cover of this game, I'm buying it. Like there's no question. I'm buying it. I'm putting him at wide receiver, and he's gonna outrun. <laughs> Ryan Swope. What apparently Ryan Swope at a faster <laughs> forty time. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, uh, I couldn't. Um, I I don't know who had the fastest forty time at the uh, combine. I want to say it was the kid from Texas that was. Oh right, yeah, the, yeah. For the fastest overall. Yeah. Even though he was the fifth leading receiver on the team. Yeah. What was that stat? Like Tavon Austin had more receiving yards in one game than he did in the entire <laughs> season? Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, I think that just about does it. Come back next time for our bracket special. Yes. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports.